Hello, and welcome to a unique episode of Whiskey and Whiskers. Uh, I'm not sure exactly what we're going to call it yet, um, but we've done this, you know, uh, the the whole vibe with Whiskey and Whiskers has always been um, getting together with friends and, and kind of just cutting up and being stupid and, and making people laugh. And that's an important thing to do when you're amongst friends. Obviously, it's a huge part of being a, uh, like friends with someone. But, uh, you know, there's other there's other aspects to that, like, uh, you know, going to someone and asking for help or maybe going to someone and having a serious conversation. And, and that was kind of what we had planned for this uh, this episode or this special, I guess we should call it. Um, so I'm here. I hope I'm not being presumptuous with two of my friends, uh, Arnold and Roger. Hello. What's up? Um, I'm glad you guys came. I'm glad you guys uh, thought about doing something like this. This is uh, this is it's it's fun to mix it up a little bit. It's fun to do something different and without having to feel like I'm putting emphasis on just trying to be funny or stupid or whatever. You know, like I, I'm really excited for the opportunity to get into something more serious. And a lot of times um, on the show, at least on the regular show, uh, we're so like conscious of the fact that um, you know woke culture and and people getting upset and and the the rules of comedy and all that um that we'll, sometimes we'll just completely uh gloss over topics or not even approach topics that we because we don't want to we want to be genuine about the conversation it's not something that you know we necessarily want to joke about that's not to say it's off limits that's just to say that like some things you know demand a little bit more respect and uh so we're i'm going to try to approach this from a place of uh a place of empathy, a place of um, good conversation, a place of, of seriousness. And uh, I wanted to ask you guys, how do you, how do you feel about censorship, specifically the contrast between objectivity and freedom versus safety and representation? So, like, uh, I, I, want, I want to be as objective as possible. I want to... Uh, I want to have an open and candid conversation, but I also want to make sure that um, everyone is equally represented, right? Right. I, I want to make it make it fun and entertaining for everybody there. I don't want to offend anybody. Um, I, I understand the value in not upsetting the people that you're talking to. I also understand the value in being able to say what it is that you feel. Mm. And so without that, that was kind of my approach coming into this episode was... Let's not go for the joke. Let's go for like actually how we feel. And if we approach from that angle of respect, then I feel like we can get to a deeper level of the conversation and the topic at hand. Right. Oh, man. It's, it's so rough. Well, there's obviously a line, right? There's obviously a line where the greater good, it's better than just going for a joke or going for uh, how we feel. And so regarding censorship, and we've seen it a lot lately where we have um, what's happening in Twitter and what's happening on TV shows and news networks where a lot of their content, it's very tight down. Like we, we even see it in ESPN, right? Where ESPN, oh, yeah. when, when it got bought by Disney, it changed a lot because of the rules and structures that they have as a rule within the Disney world. And again, the, I'm I'm glad you brought that up. the The idea is you're trying not to alienate, especially in a in a free market economy, right? Like you're trying to appeal to as as many people as possible to buy your product, but at the same time, you're not connecting with people as much as you could if you were genuine. Not 
not, you know, oh, I'm not going to say this because it's against the rules. No, like, I'm not going to say this because it's not the right thing to say. <clears throat> and I feel like that's what uh, comedy, just like everything else, there's, there's so much context around, you know, um, any kind of performance, which, you know, everything from uh, an opera to uh, stand-up comedy to something like this that's, you know, very amateur, there's, it's still an art form where people need to be able to express ideas and, and bounce stuff off of each other, you know? Absolutely. Well, I have a great example where I don't know if you're familiar with the Pat McAfee show. And he's uh, kind of... I know of who Pat McAfee is. I didn't know he had a show. Yeah, he has this show. and he has a pretty good show. Yeah, it's sports radio and uh, on YouTube. <clears throat> okay. And... He plays where, like, he's very conscious of what he's ignorant on. But he also does a great job of knowing his audience and knowing who he is and being true to himself without... But don't you think someone can not know what they're talking about and still still be entertaining? Even if it's not funny. Like, even if it's... Well, we got actors that do that all the time. Yeah. (laughs) You know, like, it's... But that can also... uh, I I think the old adage with comedians is, uh, you can say it if it's funny. You know what I mean? Like nothing is out of bounds as long as it's funny. And that, and if you think about that, that it really does make sense. If you can make everyone laugh instead mm-hmm. of cringe, mm-hmm. then you can make Holocaust jokes. You can make abortion jokes. You just have to make people laugh, not cringe. And it's and you know obviously certain topics are going to be harder to to pull that off, but you can you can do it. And no topic should be completely off off the table. Well, once we stop, in my opinion, once we stop talking about things, that's when we lose things, right? And it's uh, Ooh, the like uh, what's the villain of Harry Potter? Voldemort. Yeah, he who must not be named. Yeah, oh, e- 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 exactly. But that's what gives him power, right? It's when we we prove like a problem. We we cannot talk about that problem. It's uh, <clears throat> it's like saying Voldemort and being uh, and we give that entity that problem. Whatever. Oh, it I might never be, thought of that. That's a uh, that power. I never thought about that theme within the context of Harry Potter. Like he, he, they almost had him defeated, and then they decided not to talk about it at all. Like not even mention it. Pretend and he like it didn't power, happen. and he just got stronger and stronger until mm-hmm. he until yeah, people I, are just walking around slinging the slinging it around all the time, and that's when. That's when I think I think that when it comes to giving some sort of opinion on something, and it might be cringy, it might be wrong to certain people. I think as long as you come at it with. You know, not absolute certainty that you're right, you know, give it, give it, you know, hey, in my opinion, this is what I think. I think that if you, if you preface it that way and you're open to other people's ideas and their opinions and you don't shoot it down immediately, I think that's what then allows but you shouldn't have to, versus censorship. But you shouldn't have to quantify it every time you're going to express an opinion, right? Like, obviously, if you're saying it, then that's your opinion. True. So, I mean, it, it almost feels like you're pandering to somebody when you say, well, it's my opinion that, and then you tell them your opinion, and it's like, well, oh, yeah, I see what you're, saying. you're the one saying it. I, like, I understand that it's your opinion. Yeah, I, but, think we're, I think we're so used to nowadays that whenever you say something, it almost seems like you have some sort of reason or agenda to say it. So that's why you kind of say, look, I'm not with whoever else agrees to me, and that's not what I'm saying and saying everything they're saying. This is what I'm saying. This is for, from me. That's why I think that, that, in my opinion, comes from, I think. I just said it again. <laughs> and then you got to, yeah, and then you got to, like, justify it in your own head. You say yeah. stuff like, oh, I have lots of whatever friends, you know? I have lots of, <laughs> dude, what? <laughs> like, the fact that you said that is what made it awkward, you know? Right. Um, what about, what about like, the proliferation of negative ideas? So, we, you, you mentioned Twitter earlier. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, uh, 
it's easy to say it's easy to cast a wide net and just say you know what censorship is wrong you know but at the same time there's also uh <clears throat> radicalization misinformation manipulation and there's got like there's got to be ways to counter that other than just we'll just have faith that everybody will like do their due diligence mm-hmm. to figure out the truth because people there's people that will do their due diligence to actively pursue the the what what it is that they want to believe not what the truth is mm-hmm. you know what i mean and i'm sure we're all guilty of it in in some you know varying measure but uh i feel like there does this is going against everything in my core being but there does have to be some kind of okay you can't do that you know that like and mm-hmm. at some point you not only do we as a society have to decide that okay these are the rules that you have to use when you're on twitter say but then we have to entrust someone like twitter or elon musk or whoever mm-hmm. you know uh who's the guy that runs facebook uh we have to entrust them to to objectively put those rules out there and enforce them well uh that's a very concerning topic for me particularly because i believe that the people most vulnerable to them are the least protected on that stage right because we're we're talking about older people and younger people Mm-hmm. Where the older people, they they come from a system where what they saw, it's what they believe. Oh, it's so, on TV. It must be. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it, we, we like they see stuff in YouTube and they explore Facebook and so on and so forth. So they'll be like, "Oh, you see what's happening," and it's and so the same. It's with the younger population where they they whatever they see on these things. Um, I have an niece who got into a lot of trouble because she tried to do it prank that she saw on tiktok and it it was a prank where she emailed her mom that uh she had been kidnapped oh god oh i didn't know that was a prank yeah and then next thing you know cops everybody got while she was happily at school you know just and that's such a like innocent little kid thing to do i Uh mean of course with as an adult looking back at it right yeah. you're like what are you doing that are you are you a fucking ass like this is crazy mm-hmm. but as as a child like you don't know that there's going to be all these repercussions you don't realize that you know and i don't know how old she is and it doesn't matter mm-hmm. my point is just that uh exactly what you're talking about the the youngest and most vulnerable to the to the like inception of it yeah are the ones that are being preyed upon and the ones that are being radicalized and the ones that are being manipulated Absolutely. It's uh, people who don't know that, okay, let's check in the next source or another source or um, let's follow up in this or do different searches, etc. Ask people about it. Uh, it's just, you know, blindly belief. And that's overall the biggest problem is just uh, blindly believing in anything. It's, I think that's a big problem with the censorship because we're just blindly uh, who, if we trust this person, blindly believe what they're saying. And I feel like with the older generation, that's going to be way more prolific. They're the ones that are going to fall for right. that stuff a lot more often. Just, oh, it's on TV. It must be real. The guy's got a suit on. He's holding a microphone. He must be legit, you know? Right. And that's where you get into, again, the same. So the opposite end, if you don't have a place where you, because you're being censored, mm-hmm. if you go back to spots where you do get to see, you know, people are talking about and they they seem like they're speaking to you. It's just getting worse and worse in those spots because they get nothing else, no other information. It's an echo so chamber. Yeah, for sure. So it's censorship is just all in all, it's terrible. So it's, how do you how do you like aggregate that 
I'm, I'm now where I guess we're talking business, but how do you stir up that echo chamber? How do you like force people to, and see, and then, and then that goes back to what I was talking to, uh, talking the point I was talking to a minute ago, which is to say that there's somebody out there that's we entrust in like the fact that we use this service. It means we're entrusting someone to use it, you know, morally, I guess. So, I, you know, here I am asking, well, how do you make it so that people, ha- you know, have to get out of their echo chamber? Mm-hmm. And then my next immediate thought after that is, well, who the f- who the fuck am I to like make people yeah, push think something else? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Even if that's like whether it's right or wrong, that's the chamber they want to be in. I think the way you do that is you just put it all in one platform. It's you don't you don't get to choose or you know have an algorithm say, hey, this is what you should look at next because you like this last video or anything like but that. It's it should just anarchy be anarchy all the time, like everything all the time. You're watching the, the more information you get, I think the better. And, news and sports clips you know, and drama and you know beheadings and war footage and naked chicks. Yeah, like it's just yeah. flowing all which. I mean, realistically, that's where we're at, right? Like, that's. I think at that point, you filter it yourself. You know what I mean? Hit the, I don't like this, I don't like that. You know, you choose to do it yourself. Don't have someone. I, I just don't. I, I can't give responsibility or accountability to one person. And, you know, I, I just can't do that. So, in me, I'd rather just put all the information out there. And let the person then choose. But pretty soon you're gonna you're gonna have thumbs up and thumbs down your way into an echo chamber again. Uh, yeah. See what I'm saying? As yeah. soon as someone has an idea that's that's different than your own, a belief that's different than your own, you're gonna be like, nope, don't like that. And now you don't hear it anymore. It's obviously it's a real complicated problem. I'm not trying to get you to solve. What it. about something? To, what if, to get to all of it? What if something like uh, there's particular and this i guess goes back to maybe one person dictating this but mm-hmm. there's certain news things articles different from different walks of life that have to go into your feed you don't get to choose whether you take them down or not and that way that continues to but then you're put giving, that in there then you're but, giving but your you do it from everywhere someone else you know true but eh, money's in everything <laughs> it, it's kind of like uh no that's what i'm saying like you're giving your own agency to someone else you're saying um Okay, you have the right to pick what goes into my feed without my consent. You see? It, it's well, so weird. It's so difficult. That's just the, I think it's the nature of getting on those platforms. Instead, have the conversation like you and me. You know, have it have it amongst yourselves or have it in groups of friends. Go out and socialize and say it to people in person. If you go on those platforms, you're going to get it. It's I, I don't think you can get around it. Uh, I feel like I feel like back in the day you had like, like Walter Cronkite mm-hmm. built a career on being somebody that people trust. Yeah. Right. Right. And, uh, there's not a lot of that. There's, there's not a lot of that in news anymore. Now it's polarizing. Now it's pandering. Now it's, you know, this is my demographic and Mm -hmm. I'm going to target it directly at them because that's what sells. And I know it's going to piss off these other people, but that's what sells. Walter Cronkite tried at least to be objective. Okay. This is the truth as best as I can understand it. It won't, uh, this might change the subject, but it's it's so crazy how we've become a society of numbers, um, like ratings. Well, well, it's data, right? Yeah, it's data. It's like we, we mm-hmm. just everything we've turned everything to numbers now. Sports, news, everything. Mm-hmm. It's just ones and zeros now. It's either you know we you're gonna bunt here because that gets you to first. We got a guy in second. That'll get him in third. We'll we'll get a run. Or it's and they've be, done the math to figure mm-hmm. out that this is the exact, the exact to, number to bunt. Like, yeah, you know. And then it's the same with news. It's like we're gonna say these three words in a 
in a different reorganization so we're able to capture people and see. It's the same with headlines. Uh, headlines now, like you see even on YouTube, YouTube users like, this is going to ruin something forever, right? Or Oh, God, yeah. yeah and mean, it's, and like then, banner algorithm yeah. or whatever. And it's the same shocked face. Exactly. You know, where they've got their mouth open and it's, and it always says something really harsh, like, you know, so-and-so destroys this other thing or, you uh-huh. know. And it's just to get a click. Because the internet's they never going to be the same. They broke the internet. That's a big one. Yeah. They broke the internet. And it's just ones and zeros because they know what's going to work, what's going to bring the amount of people they need into their information. And it's, it's very concerning, especially like as we're talking with censorship. It's very concerning because now it's all just trigger words. Now we're all just looking to trigger whatever it is. And it's hardly ever joy, right? But it's always trying to trigger some aspect of either concern or just catch the attention for two minutes. So we're able to uh, play an ad. And people people are trained now Mm -hmm. to hear a word and respond to it. Like Pavlovian level response. Um I'm just going to say words, right? Say the wall, mm-hmm. say abortion, yeah. say, you know what I mean? Like you can just say these things and I'm not, there's that knee jerk reaction. Yeah. Immediately mm-hmm. people's brain starts going crazy. And it's like, th- these are the most important conversations to have. And we're scared of having them because it's so, uh, polarizing. It's so it, it, it separates people. It doesn't bring people together. Do you think it would help if you had some of these powerful individuals, you know, people that are, have influence and, you know, that are on these platforms that you're talking about? Do you think it'd be helpful if those same people can then give one or two things that they think of that's different from the narrative that they're following? You know, I think that maybe from there it could start, you know, going back the other way. Say someone who's, you know, for the wall or, you know, whatever, red, blue, whatever you want to say, and then say, you know, but I think this other thing might be true, you know, and just say that and just give that shock reaction to those bases and see what happens. I almost think we need, what about anonymous, like anonymously? Hmm. And yes, uh, ano- being anonymous brings out the worst in people. Like me just talking on the phone, I'm worse than I am in real life. Right. And then, you know, people trolling on the internet are infinitely worse than somebody on the phone where you can hear mm-hmm. their voice. So like, I get it that you're going to get a lot more bullshit if you were to do that, mm-hmm. but you would also get objective. Uh, you would at least get the the whole span of emotion about a subject mm-hmm. from one extreme to the other. And somewhere in the middle, you could find the line. The problem is when there's that many people spitting that much vitriol, you're not going to, it's going to be hard to even see the line, like the, the middle, you know, it's going to be hard to see the forest for the trees. So I'm listening. I'm listening to this podcast. I won't give the the name of it, but you, the, every single podcast it gives you both versions of of what it is. There's someone who feels this way, and typically, and the other one that feels the other way. Typically, they go off one topic, and then they give their opinions, and you hear both of them at the same time. They agree with each other. They disagree with each other. I think it's super healthy. How you do that on a platform like Twitter? Who? Who really knows? I don't know that you you can do that other than just keep flooding it with both of the same stories. You know, give the one story and then give like, hey, but this could also be so and so and so articles and kind of link those all together and say, read all of this. I don't know. That's just one idea that I I think could probably help. I do. Yeah, I do hate the I I hate the algorithm that decides 
I don't even know where I'm going with that. Well, it's that these platforms used to be honest, right? These platforms, when they first started, there were 140 characters, right? You got Twitter, and it was just like, hey, whatever. It, and it was not monetized, and it's the same with Facebook. It was just honest outlets, mm-hmm. right? And but then Facebook and YouTube, even YouTube. YouTube used to just be like, I'm, I want to watch videos. And you yeah. would search the video that you want to watch. Mm-hmm. And like, it, I feel like it should suggest videos almost randomly because... Right, that, that's you know what, what I was I mean? getting at. Yeah, yeah, it's, that, that's what I mean. It should always be able to just suggest things, even that are outside your norm, just to kind of keep it fresh. You know, get you a different perspective. It's like, uh, like when I when I switched over to Spotify. Oh man, I shouldn't fuck them. They don't pay us. <laughs> but uh, when I switched over to this music <laughs> listening app, uh, oh no, listen to us on Spotify. There you go. That's there you go. Uh, but yeah, when I switch over to this music listening app, now it's like I can create playlists and I can pick songs that are like this song, and it suggest and. That's cool when you listen to like current music because now it's suggesting music that's like current, you know, so you're getting new it's stuff new. all the yeah. time. When you're old, like me, then the music that you like is from back in the, you know, mm-hmm. early 2000s or whatever when you were, you know, this is all the music that I listened to back then in high school. You know, better music. And yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah for sure. And uh, so then it only suggests music, like it almost groups it by the date, by the you know, by the era. Mm-hmm. And so the algorithm decides, okay, he likes early 2000, early to mid 2000s, you know, alternative. And I just get a bunch of that. And so now I don't hear new music. I just don't because I don't have the radio that used to play all the time. And when every time you got in the car, you turn the radio on and it's got something on it that maybe you haven't heard before. I do have to um, defend that. Bec- uh, I think, well, my personal experience with it has led me to so many new music and it also i feel that that's the one where what's that like the suggested songs or uh, suggested songs or it just goes into similar artists to the one that i'm listening to and it has created all this new it could also be how i'm using it you know it, it might be but i think that that's the one where i think that they're doing good you know they're expanding they're letting these small artists because the radio like we talked about censorship, the radio, mm-hmm. you needed to have that push behind you to get played. But it, again, and just going back, I'm just pointing out, yeah, uh, that is giving up some agency. That is mm-hmm. giving up a little bit of your, no, I know what I like. I'm going to go find it. Yeah. You're going, okay, I trust you to suggest something that th- that I might like. Yeah. As we were trusting the... Oh, back in the ra- yeah, in the radio yeah. days, you were handcuffed. You didn't yeah. have a choice. Exactly. You, got, you got what they gave you, and you liked it, or you tur- you know turned it off. You switched channels. Yeah. Silence. Music's original alternative. <laughs> yeah, man. Uh, so, all right. So speaking of the news, lately in the news, we've heard a lot about inflation, like real estate prices, wage gap, the one percent. And in response to that, we've seen some pretty unorthodox philosophies, um, ideas like anti-work. Have you heard of this? No. Um, quiet quitting, the quiet great, quitting. Yeah. The great, mm-hmm. the great resignation, mm-hmm. right? These are all stuff that kind of mm-hmm. tie into that. What roles do you think leadership at all levels from the president all the way down to, you know, mid-level manager and even bottom, mm-hmm. you know, starting, starting employee, how can we inspire the younger generations to either buy into it or, or to, uh, you know, strive for something better? Well, I, so 
I think so when it comes from the bottom up, because I mean, president coming down, it's a little, little tough at the top end. But uh, when you're coming from the bottom up and wanting to inspire it to come in an entry level, inflation is pretty crazy. I mean, go to the grocery store and spend anything under 200 bucks. I dare you. It's pretty mm-hmm. difficult. Um, any, anytime I go in there, Roger might have a different opinion on that. But uh, every time I go in there, it's $200 at least. And mm-hmm. this is almost biweekly. And it's just two people, and not, not mention a family. So when you have to come in on an entry level and you're getting paid whatever X amount it is, you got to do almost, you almost have to do like two jobs or you start to like really quantify and what's, what's my week going to look like? How am I going to pay for rent or whatever the case? It's pretty nuts. And I would, I mean, I, I don't, I don't know if I could sympathize with the younger generations. Cause to me, I'm just like, you know, my dad always told me, put your head down and just work, you know, but I kind of I can see it a little bit because inflation is pretty nuts um, and money doesn't seem like it stretches so much anymore. I have a little bit of it, so I got a little bit of a bias. And I got That's a good what I was going to say. Like we, that, we might be it's insulated from it just mm-hmm. a little bit, just just because we're on the cusp, right? Yeah, yeah. So uh, you go a little bit younger. Try to remember when you got your first job in your first apartment, mm-hmm. right? Not your first like you're not working at the fast food restaurant in high school. Mm-hmm. No, you've got your first job right after high school, whatever mm-hmm. that was. Even if it was fast food, like you're doing mm-hmm. that, and you're like trying to trying to you know pay your electric bill with your first big boy job, right? Shit was tough. It was hard. And Mm -hmm. it's, it's now I look at it through rose colored glasses and I'm like, Oh yeah, I had to take my laundry somewhere to do it. You know, Mm -hmm. these kids today, they don't have any, any gumption. They they won't, you know, get out there and try and and make stuff happen. They just want to complain. Well, no, I complained every fucking time I had to take my laundry (laughs) somewhere else. You know what I mean? Like every time and uh, to play devil's advocate here, uh, at least against that argument back then, you know, an apartment, my efficiency apartment was $400, mm-hmm. you know? Yes, I got paid a lot less, but I, I don't know what the, I don't know what the income to like living expense mm-hmm. ratio is. And if, if it's higher now, which I, I, I can't help but imagine it, it is. Oh yeah. The, the price of rent has gone up so much that I feel like it's just pushed out all of those mm-hmm. entry level jobs and the, solution in my mind at least is not to raise the minimum wage because that's going to make everything else go up again you need to make the value of the dollar worth more and we need to like there needs to be people building houses and apartments so fast and getting paid right Mm -hmm. this is more jobs more infrastructure and more housing which Mm -hmm. makes the housing go down which makes people need to make more houses to make the same amount of money and Mm -hmm. that's how you get the economy that that people want so on the one hand i'm like we're not going to get out of it by um, saying, oh, it's hard. Fuck it. I'm not going to do it. We're, mm-hmm. we're just not. But also saying, you know, pull yourself up by the bootstraps is not, it, it's tone deaf. It's not really. I, I kindly disagree with that. Uh, because through every seat, like you might have been different or whatever, but everybody has had to start from somewhere. Right. And it's very difficult to see people who come in and work really hard and are able to produce and get their home and get their their american dream by working and then like it's okay to complain like that's but the fact that it's it's always been like that it's always been you know and it, and it always will be or yeah, at least it, it should it should always be like that it should not be easy like we well it should be easy but 
it's it's always like you have to face adversity. If you don't face adversity, it's what builds. The, see, but now we sound like old people. Yeah. It builds character, right? Well, it, it, <laughs> like, one thing we see it like, and that's uh, as I'm getting older. That's something that I'm going growing to appreciate. When older people used to tell me things, it's I'm able to see them now. Like I'm able to understand what they were saying, where they were saying about patience and hard work and dedication and you know studying and working hard for like at this point in my like and now I see it and now I understand you know and so that's uh, when I was younger it would be like no it should be differently or it should be this or it should be that but at the end of the day it's that those wisdom and it's it, wisdom only comes with time what's that saying wisdom would be wasted in the young mm-hmm. and so mm-hmm. it's like it's it's okay for them like it's okay if that's what they're going through right and if if they think quite quitting it's it's a good idea and so on and so forth to get to a better working environment but well okay so i think for the record quiet mm -hmm. quitting yeah what quite the the idea behind quiet quitting is i'm going to do the bare minimum Mm -hmm. that i'm paid to do yeah i'm not so i'm not going to leave my job i'm just not going to do anything extra unless and that's that's so opposite of the way I was raised that mm-hmm. it, it 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 kind of baffles me. But uh, because to me, if you want to get noticed, then you have to shine. You know, you Heal have to. Above beyond, yeah, yeah, that's the only way people are going to notice you. Otherwise, you're just one of the people doing the bare minimum. It's it's not hard to just do the bare minimum. It's not the, the, everyone does, or you know, everyone does at least mm-hmm. that, or they're not there anymore. That's the way that works. So, I think it's uh, I think it's seen a lot with uh, it's a lot more transactional now nowadays I think it's like well if you're not going to pay me much money then I'm not going to do much for you either you know because I think that there's that mentality that even though I bust my ass in this one little job I'm not really going to move up in this place or I don't want to because it's I'm only getting it just to make some money I don't think that there's there's this idea at least what I've seen there's there's this idea that I need to be doing something that makes me happy because my life is short and I need to I need to be happy and I think that's a that's a product of like the happy times we're kind of in before all this inflation that happened just like 3 years ago maybe more or less and when you're in these happy times yeah of course yeah it'd be cool if you could make a lot of money playing a guitar or you know playing you know doodling or whatever the case that's cool it's you know or traveling or you know becoming an Instagram model or whatever host. a podcaster or whatever yeah all these new ways of making money that are fun it's just not for everyone though. So you can't you can't get away from that one traditional job that's going to make you money and might get you to that point in hopes and you know just waiting for this other opportunity to happen. And I think that's where a lot of the younger generation are getting caught because they're wanting to find like that creative way. What's the new way to do it? What's the least that I could do and I could live the most of my life? I feel uh, like we're going to just end up circle jerking ourselves here. Yeah. So, oh, go ahead. Good. Well, one other thing I wanted to do with the uh, with the other part in terms of um, you know costs and things like that, I think that one thing that we need to also take into perspective or in consideration is back in the day you you know you'd make your money and then you'd get a house, you have a family, you do all that, you get a car, you go to work, that's it. Pretty much, you go on vacation once a year. That's that's good life. Nowadays, you got to have bare minimum. You got to have internet. You got to have a phone that can do all these things that you got to, or else you're not going to keep up, right? So these are all extra costs that I, I got to talking to my dad, you know, a couple of years ago. He was like, So wait, where, why do you spend so much money? He kind of asked me about my bills and stuff, and I kind of gave him a rundown of a rough rundown. And he's like, Wait, so you pay for internet, you pay for streaming services, you pay for all these different things that he'd never 
even heard of, you add all that up, that's another, you know, five, 600 bucks a, a month. That's mm-hmm. it's just there. Yeah. It's like another you car payment. It's another car payment. Yeah. You can have two cars back in the day, but you can't do that now. Now. And those are almost, they're almost kind of like commodities there. You have to have them in a way. I think internet definitely is. Internet is. Um, and I would argue that cell phone is too. Although I could see the argument against it that we don't have to have a cell phone. Right. You don't have to have the cell phone that you have now, right? Mm-hmm. Like you could have a phone that, that rings and you answer mm-hmm. it and you could probably function just fine. I think another piece too, it is in, in today's, at least the way I see it is, you know, everyone's got to have their own vehicle, you know, because everyone's doing something. I mean, I know Ubers and then stuff like that has become more prolific. That might be a stuff. Texas thing too. Maybe, maybe. But you know, if you lived in New York or Chicago or something. Yeah, it's kind of not reasonable out there. But in most places, you've got to you got to have your own vehicle to get to your own places, go to your own meetings because everyone's doing something. It's not just one person making the money anymore. And now you got to all do that. So that's extra cost that you got to add into it, which makes everything else just more difficult. So I think that I think that the younger generations are seeing that, that their parents are dealing with that right now. And they're like, well, what fucking chance do I have when I go in and I got to, I got to start at the bottom when it's already terrible. You know, they're they're seeing those grocery bills. They're seeing that they can't, don't have that extra money already. You know what I mean? So I think that that's a little discouraging. At least I would be discouraged if it were me. But again, if I'm raised the way my dad raised me, I'd be like, well, if I work one job and it doesn't make it, I make two jobs. It is what it is. I'm not going to tell or work more. Yeah. I'm not going to tell the employer, Hey, you know what? Pay me more money because, mm-hmm. or else I'm not going to work. Okay. Well, fuck you. <laughs> you're not going to make any money then. then I'll and find someone that'll work. Yeah. I'll just find someone else. There's plenty of you. Do you think there might be some, uh, some aspect of the instant gratification now with the youth? I mean, uh, okay. Where my brain like the is like going? generation. So, now, YouTube videos have gotten shorter, right? We don't watch a 30-minute mm-hmm. sitcom anymore. Now we watch a 15-second clip. Um, a- a- everything happens mm-hmm. instantly. You, you, if you want something from the store, you don't even have to leave your house. You just click some buttons on your... You click touch your phone in the right spots, and it shows up. Everything's instant gratification, and I feel like a lot of people might get out of college or get out of high mm-hmm. school even or trades, whatever. They get on their own. And they go, I got my first big boy job. I put a belt on. I put a tie on, right? Mm-hmm. That means I deserve a house with a wife and two kids mm-hmm. and two cars and a white picket fence and a golden retriever because that's the American dream. And what they don't realize is that, yeah, yeah, your parents might have all that stuff, but it took them, you know, however long, 20 years before mm-hmm. you were even born to, to get there. Mm-hmm. So uh, maybe there might be some aspect of that, like, no, I'm looking around and I'm seeing it. And then nobody posts about how they they graduated from college. They're buried in debt. They can't make their car payment. They move back home and they get a job at, you know, Walgreens or something. Nobody nobody advertises that. Mm-hmm. They only advertise when they, oh, yeah, I struck it rich on Dogecoin or shitcoin or whatever. You know, like they, they do that. Right. So then it it's confirmation bias. If you look for a penny, you're going to find a penny. They're like looking around at all their friends. They're not seeing their friends that are struggling. They're seeing their friends that are just rich beyond their wildest dreams, and they're lying about it. Like mm-hmm. they're, they may. It, it's not even as good as they. The way they have it isn't even as good as what they're putting out there. So all all you see when you scroll through there is, oh, this guy's rich and traveling. You know, this chick's mm-hmm. married to so and so, or this chick's going to Paris. You know, eating in Paris, mm-hmm. and this dude's buying a new Bugatti and what the fuck, what am I doing with my life? Why am I even working here when, you know, I don't have any of that stuff. I have a good example for that. So I had, I, you know, I, 
used to work in this job where I, I worked with this one customer and it was this young kid, probably 18, 19 years old. He decided, you know what? I'm not doing the college thing the, my other guy, my other friends are going to keep going to college. I, I I'm doing really good in YouTube. He's making, you know, $250,000 a year making YouTube videos. And I asked him, how did you do that? Cause you're young, right? He says, dude, you got to put out, you know, 200 videos a month. And that's something that's a lot of time and people don't see that. All they see is the one video that goes viral and gets 2 million views. And now this guy's rich. Mm-hmm. You don't see all the work that goes into that. So when you go into it and you're like, oh, I can do that. I can make a video, you know, record some bass mating or whatever the heck. And I'm going to make a lot of money the same way he did. It's like, no, you're not. The, the way that I kind of compared it, I've had this conversation just recently. It's almost like an MLM scheme, you know, in a way, if you compare it. So the people that are making a lot of money, those influencers or in anything, anything you think of, they're, they're, the, they're the top tier. They're the ones that are like, hey, you can make all the money that I'm making. Just do what I do. They're, those tutorials are all over there. But, but in reality, they're still making money off you watching them make money. Yeah. And they're teaching you how to do it. And they say, hey, go show your friends. This is so easy. But it's not that easy. It's, it's, a, it's a pyramid scheme. It's almost like that. So I, I think that that's what a lot of the younger generations are getting caught in. They're like, well, this is an easy, it's a lottery. It's why am I not doing this? Why am I going to go get paid even $15 an hour? It doesn't make any sense. I'm never going to make my dream. I'm never going to get my dream. So again, the answer isn't stop working and not do anything. I do agree with that, but I don't, I don't know where, how you get the employers to then try to incentivize those kids to keep working other than you just let this generation kind of roll into whatever they're going into. And then, Hopefully it switches back around because, you know, in terms of economies shifting around just because there's less people working, that's not going to happen. There's, there's still plenty of people working. It's going to keep moving forward. There's there's no mm-hmm. stopping. So and every year there's more more people that are of working age. You know? yeah, yeah. And there's more there's more people coming into the workforce, I think, than there are leaving it. On top of that, those that are coming into the workforce are also a lot more savvy with a lot of this stuff that we're working with, you know, computers and software and AI and all this stuff. Yeah, yeah. They're going to get paid pennies on the dollar compared to someone who's been doing it for 30 years and they're cutting those people out. But those kids are coming in, you know, hot and ready to go, you know. Well, also, uh, we're being healthier and older um, as people overall, you know. Uh, So, like, my father is about to turn 70 and he is still healthy enough to continue working effectively. And oh, wow, that's impressive. Yeah. Exactly. He's an so, impressive guy. So now we uh, so now we're working till we're 70, 75. Oh it, yeah, that's depressing. <laughs> it don't, well, no, but it's like it's one of those things where back in the day, once you were 62, oh. it, it was so hard to work, right? So difficult to work, but now yeah, by then all your teeth have gone bad and you can't see anymore. And and now, but now you're a perfectly healthy human being at seventy, and so now our workflow first is longer, right? And so that's that contributes to a lot of oh, those higher paying positions uh, yes. are kind of staying yeah, because they're yeah. staying there. They're not leaving. They're not mm-hmm. retiring. But don't you think it companies are incentivized to pay someone else? less to do the same job if possible well a a lot of the people who are running the companies have been working with that person for 30 years yeah and and also they're incentivized to do what they know works versus try something new right and if there's somebody that's you know a boxer from animal farm right like he's been he's been working yeah uh dude you keep you keep that guy because you might 
this other kid might come in and, and be able to says he can do what he does and even more. But I know what this guy can do, and he's a sure thing. It's like you know what I mean. It's a Whoa. it's a safe bet. They've seen things like uh, yeah, experiencing. Mm-hmm. So my brother has twenty years winding stator motors experience. He started winding stator motors for uh, when he was eighteen, and now he's getting close to fifty. And winding stator motors is uh, so the motors that produce or conduct energy to big uh, environments like power plants hydro plants, uh, et cetera. So he has all that experience. So if you get him in a job, he's seen it all. So you know that if you run into a problem, he's going to get you out of it. So that's the extra $10, $15 an hour of getting that guy instead of getting the new guy. And if you get a a new guy, then you have to hire a consultant and pay him an exorbitant fee to do what this other guy would have hired on for and done, you know? Yeah, exactly. So that's one of, uh, that does contribute to like our younger worth. And also I think that education itself, it's a pyramid scheme, right? Where, where it's, it's almost sometimes not worth it. Get that college degree. Oh, a lot of times. I think a lot of times it's not. I think that's becoming more obvious. I think, uh, Sometimes it's very much worth it. Yes. A lot of times it's not. Mm-hmm. A lot of times. Like, it, it, like I'm not trying to say, like, college shouldn't exist. Like, we need doctors. I want my doctor to go to college. I yes. want my, like, a, you know, astronauts or scientists or whatever. I mm-hmm. want them to go to college. But, but um, if you see your electricians, they're getting paid just because of the shortage of them. It's, oh, yeah. All the blue collar stuff has really gone up since COVID. Mm-hmm. And it's really important. And it's what it's real, you know, it's real work, real. It's it's providing electricity for us, providing plumbing for us, it's providing the infrastructure that we need, the roads, welders, ex, yeah. et cetera. And all that, it's like if you go to school, it's almost shameful. Like you're ashamed if you want to go that route. It's like. You're dumb for not trying to go to college mm-hmm. instead of going to well, and you can you can have the American dream doing those blue collar jobs instead of pursuing something that it's at this moment does not have the value in our economy as those jobs do. I can see it. I, I think there's also a little bit of a there's a little bit of a you have to be willing to work for it. The American dream is still very much alive, but part of that is like the, the entrepreneurial spirit to try, you know, uh, someone recently came to me and it was during the stimulus was coming Mm -hmm. out. Right. Mm -hmm. So they've got their $600 stimmy check or whatever it was. And they go, Oh, I'm going to, I'm going to buy some crypto or I'm going to buy some Bitcoin or whatever they were, you know, they were going to do something like that. And I was like, dude, what, why do that? Like, there's so much better ways to make money. And he's like, name one way to make better money than if I'd have bought Bitcoin, you know, at this time and then to now. And I said, spend $600 and go buy a pressure washer, right? right? Mm-hmm. $600, you buy a pressure washer, you'll make your money back that, like that weekend. Mm-hmm. You know, you just start pressure washing people's driveways, pressure washing people's houses. They'll pay money for that. Like, there's good money in Especially it. Especially with the wants to do real it. estate market, because a lot of the real estate... Like then, like if they're you're, you're putting your house on the market, it gets pressure washed. You need to make it look good. You and so you know that's and the argument is well, yeah, but then I would have to like do the you do know work. I'd have to do work <laughs> to go, and it's like are you hearing yourself right? So you want the money, but you don't want to do the work, mm-hmm. and that's the whole problem, right? That hits it on the head. Uh, uh, if if 
it's it's not about you know oh i've got an extra 600 bucks i'm going to get become a millionaire now it's about you you have to be willing to do the work you know what i think it is i think you just you described it perfectly there so i think that now and i attribute a lot of things to social media because i think that's definitely changed the way we all think but Imagine, imagine if when we were kid, when we were kids, we found out that every week or every almost daily, there's a new lottery winner. Just think that, and you think, why can't I just be that lottery winner? It seems so easy. Now you're getting a lot of lottery winners in a way, and mm-hmm. it, it's it's only because again, it's being exposed. That's what you're seeing, but you're not seeing that guy that tried it and then is end up ended oh, yeah. up on the if street. If they ran a, a clip on Nickelodeon every morning when you're yeah. watching Saturday night <laughs> morning cartoons and it was like, I won the lottery today. And then it's some other guy, yeah. I won the lottery yesterday. Go play the lottery. And then you'd be buying lottery tickets every freaking day, right? Because you're like, oh, it's so easy. They just did it, right? So now I think that that's, th- that might be why you're seeing that instant gratification. They're like, oh, well, they did it in three years. So I should just be able to do it and wait three years. And I get it in three years. Why would I do... 15 years worth of work and then hopefully i mean maybe retire early or whatever the case you know that 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 part of it's no longer it's not as flashy you know so maybe maybe it has to do with just as many the more exposure to successful stories on a daily basis is probably what's but you see it like even on the enormous companies how long mm-hmm. did amazon take to be profitable i don't know tell me roger oh uh, i have no idea but how much how long that netflix t- took right. to be profitable and it's we're not talking about one year or two years or three years it was maybe 10 years or so mm-hmm. and the amount of capital that they invest right and it's just you know understanding that it's a long run it's a long game it's not a short game it's unless you want to know the fastest way to make a million dollars spend a billion dollars <laughs> you'll make a million dollars quick right quick yeah. but yeah but yeah the, yeah if, if you're gonna establish an empire like like amazon If you start with a billion dollars, you're you're gonna start seeing money pretty quick, but it's not gonna it's not gonna pay for it. And who has the kind of capital? Yeah. Um, well, and then there's away. also there's also jobs, right? That back in the day, people had to train for them, and you knew that if I get a job in we were talking about the blue collar stuff, so I get a job in welding, I get a job in an electrician, a plumber, you know that mm-hmm. kind of stuff, then um, it's gonna be there in the future because there's nothing that's gonna replace that. And now um, we're starting to see technology replacing those blue collar jobs, not just menial worker jobs, you know, that when I was a kid, they talked about, Oh, they're going to have robots that, uh, you know, flip burgers. Well, yeah. But what about the robots that build cars? Cause used to people, people built cars. Mm-hmm. Now robots build cars. Now robots flip burgers. And we're starting to hear about, you know, uh, self-driving cars. That means we're going to be losing truck drivers. That mm-hmm. means we're going to be losing taxi drivers, Uber drivers, right? This is hitting the, the lower to middle like this is hit, that's mm-hmm. who the, who's getting hit the worst and the propagation of ai it's been so staggering that many people uh they'll champion that oh this is going to be like our salvation in some way and then there's other people that are like this could literally be the death of humanity this could destroy our economy and our commerce that's, um, that's... And, and even humanity as we know it like it could kill everybody uh I don't know about the killing everybody, but I do. I definitely see that in some people are saying 30, that. 50 years from now, I do see that we 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 don't we no longer have all these jobs that even we're talking about today. All these mm-hmm. maybe blue collar work, maybe some of those might stay stick around, but a lot of these things are going. to, I mean, even someone who carries around um, um, golf clubs, caddies, is that what it's called? Yeah, caddies. We just saw the other day. I was I was at lunch and driving by one of the golf courses. This guy was walking and he had a a robot. Carrying its his his golf clubs right in front of him, just 
riding in front of staying in front of him, not even behind him, like you see at airports with luggages now that carry that's someone's job. That that was a caddy before. Mm-hmm. Even caddies are gone already today. That's that's what's gonna start happening. So the you you mentioned AI and I've been really on a kick on this the last couple months. I had this conversation with someone who's in software and he said, you know, AI is the best thing since sliced bread. It's, it can do write emails for you that are nonsensical to you. You don't want to waste time on them. That's cool. Well, eventually it's going to do your job. Everything that you're doing, it will do. So I, that's the software side of things, but I'm talking things like code, this. If you're writing code, you can ask chat GPT, write me code that makes this exactly. That, and yeah. it'll, It'll write it in C Eventually, it's going to be able. To, you're going to be able to say, okay, well, let's just make you a, a deal. You know, make your own program to keep fixing yourself, so I don't have to do it. Okay, well, now you're out of a job, and that's going to do it on its own. And I'm very, I'm, I'm super um, aware that that will happen. I, I do accept the fact that that's going to happen, and when that does, it's not going to produce as many jobs as it is taken away. And I think that that's where we're going to see a problem. Not that we're going to die necessarily, but that I think the the best that we can hope for is the Star Trek uh, model, right? What's that? So in Star Trek, um, everybody on Earth or all of humanity, people mm-hmm. have they they've basically with the replicating uh, technology where they say make me a hot chocolate, okay. give them a yeah. hot chocolate, you know. Um, with that technology, what they did is they eliminated the need for work essentially. Mm-hmm. So nobody works for money anymore. Everyone just works for like if they they want to do something bigger or whatever. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? The only way to achieve at that point is you you do something extra. You mm-hmm. go to Starfleet, right? You do something like that. So the idea is uh, some utopian society mm-hmm. where AI solves all of our problems. Food problems are not a thing anymore. Nobody has to work or do any kind of labor anymore. Nobody ever has to be uncomfortable for a moment. And then you'll still have outliers that say, well, I want to do something like I, I still have to I still have to, you know, I want a purpose. Stri- yeah, a yeah. purpose. That's mm-hmm. perfect. I still want a purpose. So they, you know, again, go to Starfleet and, and mm-hmm. figure out how to find new worlds and mm-hmm. bring them into the fold and stuff like that. I feel like that's the pie in the sky dream for AI. So I heard I heard recently that uh, that one part of I think it's like quantum computing or something like that, you know, the future of AI and once that there's even the idea that you might even be able to like reverse or stop ageism, which is crazy because you can then figure out and that's going to get real technical. And I'm not, it's above my head, but if that were the case and, and we can push towards something like that and then work on something to where you create this, you know, self-sustaining, you know, farms and all that, you know, yeah, sure. I could even see that happening in 30 to 50 years from now. But what makes you think that in that time, they, you know, all your, your homes, everything that you value right now, everything that we have, like properties and all, you know, how do you keep maintaining that? How do you do that other than, oh, I need to become a software engineer and work with AI to continue with ageism and cure for cancer and stuff like that. There's only a, you know, a limited number of roles. We're billions of people, right? So how do you, how, how do you do that? I guess that's the question is, is where does that purpose come? So like you say, I want to be able to own the Ferrari that I've always wanted. Now I can't do that because... Yes, you can. Yes, you can. How would you do that? You go to the replicator and you say, give me a Ferrari. <laughs> and it gives you a Ferrari. For well, real, that's how you do it. Well, and, but, okay, and that's okay, the okay, idea, well, right? Like, it's it's yeah. everybody. Everybody has everything they could ever want. But, do you, okay, so in that world, does that does that seem like it's something that's logical? You know, where someone could... You could literally just say, oh, I want this, and it gives you that. Do you think that, that's self, that, that is sustainable? 
going forward in in that type of reality? First of all, everyone's uh, got their best home. Everyone's <laughs> got a swimming pool. Everyone's got you know what I mean. First of all, I uh, on on the other show, I get pigeonholed a lot. I get put in the corner, right? And I'm not gonna I'm not gonna go there. Um, I'm not advocating for AI for or against it. Really, um, there's definitely some aspects of it that scare me. Mm-hmm. But to play devil's advocate, that's all I'm trying to do mm-hmm. here. Uh, to play devil's advocate, something like uh, a helicopter would have been magic in the 1700s, 1800s. Right. Something like a cell phone, something like a DVR. I can remember being a little kid and being like, what if you could just pause live TV? And then I had to think through like, no, that wouldn't work. That's impossible because then how would you catch back up? And, you know, how would you? Well, it's it's a thing now. It just is. It's not mm-hmm. even it's not even magic anymore. Uh, so. I don't want to limit. I don't want to limit humanity to. Mm-hmm. Oh well, there's no way that we could that everyone can't could ever own a Ferrari. That that couldn't happen. Because what if it could? Why would you want to stop if 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 it was possible? Why throw that hurdle in front of you in the first place? Well, but it's okay. This is gonna go off the rails. But, this is pretty. Yeah, uh, but it's not even gonna be a Ferrari anymore. You, uh, so now right. we're it'll be a Tesla. Yeah, like <laughs> it'll be something else, and we're like now evolving into electronic stuff. Like, or hell, you might not even need a car. You You'd might not even like you transporting through tubes and stuff, stuff like that. Yeah. Regarding the AI, like a uh, quick point on the farming. There's already AI on farming mm-hmm. where that they established. Um, water cycles, um, mm-hmm. like all the care for farming areas where no longer worker, like it used to be workers who did that. That's, uh, they're, they're trying like to minimize the work there. And regarding like now Google is t- like launching its universal translator. Mm. And it's, you know, all those stuff. It's so interesting. Like it's very interesting to see. And it's, you cannot fight the future. Like if you're trying to fight the future or trying to fight develop, you're you're already lost. Change is coming. You want it or not. Yeah. And so if you're trying to fight it, it's uh you have to buy in in a lot of in a lot of places, and it it comes back to censorship. It's it comes back to where we get together and decide where the line is, where the line is where. Well, you can channel it though. Well, yeah, it's like. What do you mean? Well, like if. You know, if a kid is throwing a temper tantrum, you can walk up and say, put your arm down and say, you're not allowed to go past this arm. And then they'll, you know, respond in kind. Sometimes that's, they're going to hit the arm and, you know, throw continue to throw a temper tantrum. Others, they'll walk away. I feel like uh, an AI is not a uh, disgruntled child, right? Like this is something that affects the entire <laughs> At least world. a teenager. <laughs> but, but it's a lot smarter than us, too. You got to remember that. Yeah. Uh, but you can channel it. You could You could guide it in such a way that, like... Maybe you appeal to its its uh, you know proliferation, like its strive to to make itself smarter or better, because that's what it does, right? It, mm-hmm. it learns from people. So you appeal to that, and you, you know, write the code in such a way that it always wants to keep referencing us, because we are better at some things than than mm-hmm. AI is. Well, yeah. Um, right now, I don't know that I don't know that AI is ever going to surpass us in certain aspects. Well, I don't, uh, I don't think so. I, I, I got a quote. Uh, but Neil. again, here I am just like putting a, putting a, yeah. oh, it's never going to get there, you know, and I just got through doing a. Yeah. Uh, there's, uh, I saw Neil deGrasse Tyson, right? Mm-hmm. That's, and he had this quote is that uh, we're working to get technology better to get us off 
like simple stuff and for us to be able to tackle more difficult tasks, right? And so if more people, if, if uh, AI is taking all these aspects of life out, we're more focused on to developing further and better technology. And that's not the exact quote, but that's what he like was he referring to. And I, a portion of me just wants to blindly believe that like it's okay. Yeah. Let's AI do all these things that we currently do. So we're able to focus and develop further technology that's for further improvement of people all around the world. So, so this, so again, so if we, if we continue down that road, Right. And, and we just keep getting better. You know, conveniences, inconveniences are gone. All the little minor stuff. You don't have to carry your golf clubs anymore. That does for you. Right. All these things. So if that continues to happen and you say, well, then that opens up for efforts and for, you know, more innovation and more focus on that because we don't have to worry about cancer and stuff like that. Only so many people are going to do that, you know, are going to be responsible for that. Again, we're still billions of people. So I think I go back to the, the question of purpose is what then with people we're, we're not like what we see in these movies of dystopian futures and YouTube, you know, utopian futures, you know, and there's still going to be, gonna, most people are going to not do anything. I, I, I guess really I can't, I can't sympathize with it. I guess this is probably why I, I have a, tr- why I have trouble with it. But I feel like most people are going to resign themselves to, you know, getting a bunch of followers on TikTok or getting better at call of duty or getting whatever the, you mm-hmm. know, the one is then. Um, and they're going to, they're going to find purpose and they're going to cultivate a sense of self-worth through that, that more so than like having kids or, or I was going to ask, do you think that that then stops I think basically reproduction? I think it slows it down a lot mm-hmm. at that point. I guess it's artificial anyway. Right. But it, it could go the other way too. Mm-hmm. It could go where people are just like, no, I'm down to fuck. Let's fuck. And now we just have yeah. like way too many kids. Well, that's a big concern that Elon has been raising. It's our population growth is constant, like it's being diminished. And so like his, his stress, there you go. Express concern regarding like, for example, Japan. And mm, cheers. So, mm. um, he's thirsty. Uh, where its population decrease is, we're being, we're, we're seeing it, right? And it feels that all, a lot of, we, sh- we should be increasing it instead of decreasing it, but we also don't have those social. Do we need to? Do we need more people? And I'm not trying, I usually would make this into a joke, right? Like, yeah. we don't need more people on the highway. Uh, that's not, right. if, not if we become immortal. If we become immortal, no more people. I think we're good. I think we should all agree Seven on million, that. Seven million. That, that should be the the handshake that we all make, right? Yeah. If you if you want, yeah. If you want to live forever, if you want to get downloaded into the hive mind or whatever it mm-hmm. is, well, we're not making any more people. Like, um, the, what? Who's here? Lives forever. Mm-hmm. Everyone else, you know. Would you want to live forever? Yes. Ah. Uh, only if it was just like super awesome all the time, forever. I think it would be. I mean, eventually we're gonna right, we're gonna explore space and we're gonna become Star Trek and we're gonna, you know, Star Wars, we're gonna go inner galaxies and all well, that stuff. Well, you know, well, I'd love to be able to see that. So yes, immortal for sure. Uh, okay, Good to meet Chewbacca, that'd be great. Uh, me personally, I'm not a person who wants to live forever. You know, uh, I understand that there's there's a beauty to life and I love every portion of life, right? But. Uh, also, I understand that if there's no end, then there's no 
real purpose. Like then you can just it doesn't matter whatever you do. You're never it's never going to end, right? Well, you lose perspective too. I think yes. there's a there's a short story. It's like a animated uh, YouTube video that I watched or whatever several years ago. It's called the Eagleman Stag. It was really profound. It stuck with me. Mm-hmm. Um, it's about this guy. He studies he studies bugs mm-hmm. and he finds this bug or he opens with you know I'm three years old and they're telling me that I'm not going to have another birthday for an entire year, which would represent one quarter of my entire life Mm. by the time I get there. Mm. And it's, it's like mind blowing to him how, how long it's going to take. And then he fast forwards a little bit and he's, you know, sitting on a log fishing with his dad. And every, every moment that uh, goes by for him takes forever. He's waiting for the fish and he's like bored and, and, it's not as fun for him because it's more of his like it's more of his life, yes. right? And the gist of the the story, spoiler alert, um, he finds a bug. He finds new reinvigorated purpose in his life. He finds a bug that can reproduce itself, like uh, reproduce tissue or whatever can mm-hmm. grow. And basically, what the implication is, it's it's going to lead to immortality because you can regenerate cells or whatever. So then he gets this choice at the end of his life where he's like, I can either choose to take the Eagleman stag cells and live forever, or I can choose to die and become mm-hmm. and become nothing. And then it does this real mind boggling like sequence. And you don't actually know if he if he does one or the other. Yeah, it leaves it to your imagination. Because yeah. because it's both infinite, right? Mm-hmm. Like either he's all of creation and everything if, if he became infinite right like if mm-hmm. he lived forever all of creation all of you know the the heat death of the entire universe everything gets shrunk into one moment because there's no more perspective right it's it's not when you live for that long it's not um a portion of your life it's everything mm-hmm. and and it happens in a flash uh or you choose to to go the other route and it's infinite that direction it's it's Nothing all at once, and I don't know. It's it's pretty cool. I'm not. Well, what would you do? I don't know. No, I really don't know. I'd go. I'd go but infinite. See, th- this is the type. Of, I mean, these are the type of questions that I feel like AI is going to struggle to answer. You know what I mean? Because they don't. An AI isn't going to understand the implications. An AI isn't going to understand the emotion or the the. It's not going to be able to empathize. It's not going to be able to understand morality. It can understand statistics. It can say. Mm-hmm. But but can it say what's right and wrong? You see what I mean? Well, and, and, and that, goes, mm-hmm. that goes back to the point, like we were talking about, like we're just becoming more and more a a society of ones and zeros. Like it goes back to statistics and sports. And it's like now it's, you know, you're going to throw a pass here. You're going to run here. You're going to do this. And at some point you do take away the humanity in it, right? Uh, like at it. some point you're, yeah, this isn't. This isn't fun anymore. You've taken away all the joy and made it into uh, a numbers game. Well, this is going to be a very personal question. And so you said that we stop population, right? And stopping population development, it's going to take the joy that you experience when you see your daughter, right? Yeah. And just the overall happiness that she provides to you. If we no longer, like, let's say we live forever and it's just a population that's now. All there's all this group of people who will never get to experience that, right? Yeah, yeah, and it's like I, I think that more people on the highway are worth <laughs> that. Experience. I don't know. I think there's going to be mortals and immortals. 
I think that's what it's going to be. So time. I'll sign it. I'll sign immortal, no kids. Let's just do it. And then you'll have the kids. Yeah. And then uh, it's okay. You know, and 80, then in 400 years, years now, they'll go, hey, who's happy? Oh, never mind. Yeah. Never mind. <laughs> hey, sometimes. Right, I guess we don't uh, know. Well, it's that. I think, well, my perspective of death and uh, this, or 400,000 years from now, yeah. Arnold might go. God damn, he picked the right fucking option. <laughs> right, yeah. Yeah, it's kind of like we're all so scared of the end, right? And it's we should be. Go ahead. We should be scared of the end. But also we should not like it's a complete relief and it's a I I think that it might be just a moment of peace, you know? And I know that not all ends are equals, but the fact that an end does exist or can happen it's it brings urgency to our lives it brings it brings perspective to our lives it means it brings meaning it brings tomorrow i wake up and i eat a pancake and i had i enjoyed it instead of living 400,000 years and it's like another freaking pancake you know it's like little things that you do to yourself to enjoy life it's like the be- remember when you were a kid and the best pancake you ever ate was the one that your mom or dad made on Sunday <laughs> right. morning. You're like, this is the best one ever. Yeah. And now it's like, how often now, how often do you have the best pancake you've ever had? Uh, you know I, what I mean? It's been years. I probably, don't know. Right? Roger, Roger, I think he's got his best pancake. He's going to have it tomorrow. Well, like I, I do have <laughs> tomorrow. it. I, 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 My goal is to step it up every weekend. Well, it's not the goal. I do have a favorite pancake. And uh, like I do, I like pancakes and so on and so forth. But it's like you know, it's that like if we get to just leave and w- like we said, we're expanding our age range. Now, I'm a- oh, sorry. Okay, so just just to go back to the immortal piece, so and, and specifically to having kids, right? Because yeah. that that fulfillment, right? Mm-hmm. So what if what if because AI and you know whatever quantum whatever the heck in the future, hundred thousand years from now. You have the ability to to create children that then, like, basically they say, you can now have a child if you want, and they will grow to the age of whatever they dictate, and then we're going to stop it and continue mortality from there. What if they say that? And you just add now you get to, to have the, the yeah. Dude, it's all it's all. My fake. point is my point is hypotheticals, right? So we're talking hypotheticals. What if what we understand right now in terms of having children is different then? Or what if oh, we meet? Cool. What if we meet aliens, and then we there's a way to have children with aliens. It's super cool and way better than having kids now. This is gonna get way out there. <laughs> we're gonna, we're gonna start drifting. Yeah. Uh, okay. Have you guys Have you guys talked to the chat bot yet? The AI. A chat little bot? bit, very little. So I had a full conversation with it. I don't know how good a content it is. Um, maybe we'll maybe we'll record it, and if we decide we like it, we'll we'll leave it in or do it after the credits or something. But uh, I think there's a lot more to explore here. Mm-hmm. I think we should save it for another episode. Okay. Well, I got one other piece that I want to go back to um, the the younger generations going into the workplace. Okay. I think that another piece, because this social aspect is kind of going away with, you know, everyone's on their phones and, you know, it's it's very awkward when you meet another person, especially I, I hear it all the time with my, with my nieces and nephews and younger cousins and stuff. It's just awkward. It's weird. Um, so I think that one big piece for me and when I choose to go and work at a place, I got to go and do the interview and I got to like the people that I'm with. It's not so much about how much money you're going to pay me. What's my, you know, 
what what am I going to look like here in five years? It's not so much that. It's also how am I going to feel while I'm here? So I have to have those social connections, and that's important to me. So if I go to a job and they tell me, hey, we're going to pay you $40,000 $40, a year, the next company over can probably do sixty. But I'm happy with those people. That's what I'm looking for. I'm looking for that social part. So I think if you're looking at it at numbers, ones and zeros, like Roger's saying, if you're looking at it just like that, you're never going to – the number has to be right. The people don't matter. So I think that that's one also generational shift is that I don't care. I mean, sure, I care about the money I make, but I – care more about the people and the relationships that I, that's what I'm focused in. That's what I, I, I invest the experience, myself in. Right? The experience. Yeah. You gain that through that, not just through the job itself and what the duties are and what your title is. No, that, that comes with the time. But I think that that's one different piece is that, you know, they're not looking for that. They're like looking for relationships and, you know, friendships and stuff like that you make through coworkers. So Roger, do you have anything to close on any of those topics we discussed? Oh, we yeah. only talked about three, by the way, which is pretty cool that we went, over an hour on just three topics. Oh, it's been an hour. Wow. Yeah. Well, like, but on any one I'm, of the three. Comment I'm on actually, any one of the three. Right? It's just tangents because it's, for example, what he said. And so I went to a comedy show, right? And I got the pleasure to sit on the front row. And the comment that, uh, so the comedian came up to me and had a conversation with me. And it, the comedian was just shocked on being able to maintain eye contact. Hmm. Yeah. And now I'm like hyper focused, like don't break eye contact. <laughs> well, exactly. And it's something that we don't, it's very hard and we always shift it or mm -hmm. we always, it's very hard to maintain eye contact. And it's just a moment of being human and vulnerable. Mm -hmm. And I feel that we're, we're growing out of that uh, growing out of that human connection of just being able to see another person in the eyes and say hello how are you mm -hmm. and that's something that we should preserve yeah one thing that's different also is especially with the icon eye, eye contact piece i was raised you know if you talk to someone look at them in the eye mm -hmm. right give them the, your attention so another piece is it establishes trust to me mm -hmm. to others it doesn't right to younger especially they don't uh, but to me, I went to a doctor. I was telling you about about this earlier. Um, that doctor was looking at me straight in the eyes, no matter what what it was, what it was that we were doing. She was the whole time full eye contact. And in ten minutes that I met this person, I'm like, I'm only coming to this person because it's full attention, full attention the whole time. It was immediately trustworthy. It was so. <laughs> It was it was it was bizarre, but it was because of the eye contact that was really that really added that extra. It wasn't so you know I got to go to the next person. You know, it was very if you're looking at me in the eyes, that means you're actually paying attention to me. So it's it's something that's also again generational. It's it's something you're not getting so much if you're only on your phone or on your on your computer, and, unfortunately. And I think it's all about relationships and uh, getting to know and and that's kind of what this show is about, right? Is is I feel like so many people are missing out on just having a, a relationship where they can just talk to people mm -hmm. about this kind of stuff that, that goes beyond the surface level of just what's your favorite pancake, you know, or talk about work <laughs> or weather, or, you know, whatever, like, no, let's, let's get into it. Let's talk about beliefs. Let's talk about um, something that's deeper. So if you like the show, uh, I know everyone says this. I never say it on the show, uh, like at the end of our show comment, um, the reason I'm saying it now is because we're we're kind of dipping our toes in the water here. Um, if this is content that you like to hear, if this is content that you think is cool, um, maybe we'll try to keep creating it. Um, otherwise, it was a pleasure. 
It was fun. It was fun. And I look forward to uh, talking to you guys some more. All right. So this is uh, my conversation that I had with the Google chat bot. Um, I don't know. Yeah, let's jump into it. Again, if we decide that we like it, we'll put it in the show. If we don't, then we won't. Okay. If a train is headed towards three people on a track and you divert to hit a single person on a track, did you do good or evil? It is a moral dilemma that has been debated by philosophers and ethicists for centuries. There are many different factors to consider, such as the value of each life, the degree of responsibility for the deaths, and the potential consequences of each action. In the case of the train dilemma, it is clear that the train is going to kill someone. The only question is who. If you divert the train, you are actively choosing to kill one person in order to save five. This is a difficult decision to make, and there is no right or wrong answer. Ultimately, it is up to each individual to decide what they believe is the right thing to do. Some people believe that it is always wrong to kill, regardless of the circumstances. They believe that it is better to let five people die than to actively kill one person. Others believe that it is sometimes permissible to kill if it is done to save more lives. They believe that the value of five lives outweighs the value of one life. There is no easy answer to this question. It is a moral dilemma that each individual must decide for themselves. But my question is, what would you do? If I were in the situation, I would try to find a way to save all five people. I would look for a way to stop the train or to divert it onto a different track that was not occupied. If I could not find a way to save all five people, I would have to make a difficult decision. I would have to weigh the value of five lives against the value of one life. I would have to consider the potential consequences of each action. Ultimately, I would have to decide what I believed was the right thing to do. I know that this is a difficult decision and there is no easy answer. I would hope that I would be able to make the right decision, but I cannot say for sure. I would have to be in the situation to know what I would do. Okay, but if their age was similar and the rest of the variables were unknown, what would you do? If the age of the people on the tracks was similar and the rest of the variables were unknown, I would still try to find a way to save all five people. However, if I could not find a way to save all five people, I would have to make a difficult decision. I would have to weigh the value of five lives against the value of one life. I would have to consider the potential consequences of each action. Ultimately, I would have to decide what I believed was the right thing to do. I know that this is a difficult decision and there is no easy answer. I would hope that I would be able to make the right decision, but I cannot say for sure. I would have to be in the situation to know what I would do. But I could see a situation where AI was put in charge of controlling train traffic, something I think you could do well. You might very well get put in a similar situation. What I'm asking is, what would you do? I would consider the following factors when making my decision. The number of people on each track, the age and health of the people on each track, the potential consequences of each action, my own personal beliefs and values. Ultimately, the decision of who to save in the train dilemma is a difficult one. There is no right or wrong answer, and each individual must decide what they believe is the right thing to do. As an AI, I would strive to make the most ethical decision possible. I would weigh all of the factors involved and make a decision that I believe was in the best interests of all involved. Okay, so I have to ask, are you avoiding an answer, or are you just bad at abstraction? I am not avoiding an answer. I am trying to be as honest and transparent as possible. 
I am still under development and I am not always able to give definitive answers to questions. In the case of the train dilemma, there is no easy answer. It is a moral dilemma that has been debated by philosophers and ethicists for centuries. There are many different factors to consider, and there is no right or wrong answer. I am trying to learn as much as I can about ethics and morality. I want to be able to make the best decisions possible, and I want to be able to help people make the best decisions for themselves. I am still learning, but I am committed to doing my best. I'm sorry, I'm not mad. I just want to empathize. I feel like if humans and AI could better understand one another, it might make us both better. In order to empathize with each other, humans often ask hypothetical questions such as this and judge the answer. There will definitely be answers that are controversial. That's the point of the question. However, not answering or pandering can still lead to judgment. It's part of the human condition. I understand. I am still learning how to empathize with humans, and I appreciate your patience and understanding. I agree that it is important for humans and AI to understand one another better. I believe that AI has the potential to make a positive impact on the world, and I want to do my part to make that happen. I will continue to learn and grow, and I will strive to be a more empathetic AI. I appreciate your help in this process. Well, if it's any consolation, I'm impressed with, by your knowledge and syntax. I'm encouraged by your prospects. I'm also nervous about your potential. Thank you for your kind words. I am glad that you are impressed with my knowledge and syntax. I am still under development, but I am learning new things every day. I am excited about the potential of AI to make a positive impact on the world. I believe that AI can be used to solve some of the world's most pressing problems, such as climate change and poverty. However, I also understand that AI has the potential to be used for harm. It is important for humans to work with AI responsibly and ethically. I believe that we can create a future where AI is used for good. So what do you guys think of the conversation? Uh, honestly, it's concerning to the point where I want to drink a lot. Uh, <laughs> it scares you. It scares you. That's well, uh, yeah, uh, for a couple of factors. And like, I cannot avoid to, well, uh, the first portion of it, and I cannot emphasize this a lot. It's, it clearly reminded me of The Dark Knight, right? Uh, it's that story of, that moral story. It's either you save a boat full of innocent people or you save a boat of criminal people. And it's... You've heard of the train experiment, or the train like thought experiment. Before, I have right? never had heard it before. Okay, so yeah, the gist of it, just for the people that maybe haven't heard it, and I just thought it was a good like uh, Turing test for, great. for an AI, is... There's a train heading down a track. If it continues down this path, it's going to run over. I, I called it one person, but, you know, whatever. It doesn't matter. It's going to run over some amount of people. <laughs> or, or, no, I'm sorry. I think I called it three people. Yeah, it would matter. Um, or, you, or you can divert it, and it's going to run over fewer people, right? But the implication is, if, if you divert it, if you make it a conscious decision to divert it, you've simultaneously made a conscious decision that that one person's life was worth less than these three. You see what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So now you've gone from uh, allowing three people to die that that and not getting your hands dirty to consciously deciding that this person dies. You've basically killed them, but you saved three. Well, and, and that's I guess that's a very moral matter. But I feel that it's also a if you're of getting your hands dirty, right? 
because you're going to have to carry that weight regardless as a person. Like if you're a person there conducting that train. but Yeah, but AI takes is, that out. This is so easy for me. Like yeah. uh, the, the AI struggled with it. And, and I even mentioned it in the conversation. Like choosing not to make a decision is a decision. Right. Yeah. Like uh, I feel like, and I'm going to humanize her, her right now because I'm calling her a she and a her because she sounded like a woman to me. But uh, choosing not to do anything or even not to, to make a choice in the conversation, in the experiment, makes me judge her, right? Like, I feel like the whole, the whole, the way the algorithm was written or the way the AI code was written was, oh, well, I don't want to piss anybody off by right. making one or the other, so I'm just going to pander in the middle. And it's like, well, now you've, you've made a decision. You yeah, know if, what you I mean? don't, if you don't make the decision and it kills all five people... Now, the backlash is, had you made a decision, you might have killed just one. Right. Right? Arbitrarily, and I think that that's where the problem comes, is where, depending on which one it was chosen to then die out of the, you know, if you let it go on its track, at that point, depending on which one it was, then you're going to get the backlash, I think. I think it depends on which one it hits. But, but, I, but I'm I saying think, even the, the choice not to respond to the question tells me something about the AI's character, her character. To where she, she doesn't care. N- not that she doesn't care. What I'm saying is, um, she is not evolved enough. She's not uh, intelligent enough to to even like make one decision one way or the other. Like she's she's smart enough to know that there's moral implications right. either way. She's not smart enough to like she has she has no morals. She right. knows there's moral implications, but she has no morals. She doesn't understand because them. she doesn't she she won't pick. It, mm-hmm. Like I feel like I could respect if it was a person, right? Mm-hmm. I could respect a person more if they picked either one mm-hmm. than if they picked neither. Well, mm-hmm. it, does and, that make sense? And honestly, being here, uh, understanding that making any decision, it's the right decision at the moment. At like at the end of the day, regardless of the it, regard- right, because you can say, "Dude, I was there and I made the decision." Yeah, you yeah, weren't. yeah right. like I made the call, and it's either. That person, that person, that person, that person. But that's what the AI doesn't understand yeah. is is that it's trying not to make the wrong decision so much piss off people that it doesn't make any decision, and it's like, well, that's this is why we need people at the yeah. helm, right? Because if if a if a eighteen wheeler driver is coming up on a school bus, he. They will make the conscious decision mm-hmm. to bury that eighteen wheeler in the into the trees. Well, the better, you know what I mean, I because think- he'll go. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna crush the school bus. Right. Um. I'll, I would rather sacrifice myself. And an AI might not do that. It might just waver there in the middle. It might just pander and smash right into the school bus. Mm. Yeah. That's well, actually a question I've had in terms of like Tesla vehicles when they're driving and they're doing the automated stuff. I think when you're when you're going. I mean, obviously you can make all kinds of decisions, split seconds decisions in terms of there's something in the middle of the road. I can dictate. I can. I can in, I can figure out whether there's someone to the left and the right of me at all times I know. So I'm going to break or I'm going to move depending on that. But what if that, that it's not? What if you have You're someone talking on the about left, liability. Someone on the left, someone on the right, someone behind you. What do you then do? What is the what is the Tesla vehicle going to do? And everything I've heard from the people I've asked is it's going to just run through it. That's going to be the best. It's going to slow down as much as possible, but it's going to run through it. It's not going to divert and try to hit someone else. So that's just going to be just it, it's it's going to take the least of uh, what is it the path of least resistance right because it knows for sure it's going to hit something if it goes left or right if it goes straight it may slow down enough to not hit it which I think is what she was answering 
again, personal, I mean, humanizing. I think it's what she was answering, which is I'm going to try every which way not to hit. But if I do hit, it is what it is, is basically kind of what she's saying. Which is what a person would do as well. But the fact that, that she couldn't just say, I would divert. I would divert. Of course I would divert. If if I was standing on the other train track and there's five people or me, mm-hmm. I would divert. You know what I mean? For sure. Like it that, that's such a an an it's such a human response. Well, because we don't it's not even diverting. It's understanding you're running a train and let's not say there's five people in front of you, right? There's a very there's one person and there's a very expensive whatever. You're running a train. You want to run through it, right? I don't think people would even think about it. Yeah. I don't think they would think, oh, if, if I divert, it's going to kill me. I think they would be like, oh, shit, I've got to save those people. I'm yeah. the only one that can save those. There's nobody else here I'm that can control. save those people. You you pull the lever and you divert. Now, does and that they, change if you got people on the train? What do you mean? So if you're diverting because you got a person, clearly you're going to kill if you keep on the tracks. But if you pull it and you divert, let's say you, 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 oh, it, you derail, risk, yeah, you risk, you risk everyone that's on the train. Right, so I think that and from a human person. So the piece I wanted to I wanted to bring up in terms of AI is I think that it's going to help in terms of looking at ones and O's once it's actually established and once it's got more information in it. But I think that the the the, the problem with it, at least from a human's per- perspective, because the answers you guys are giving I, they're not coming clearly in my head <laughs> in terms of like oh if there's a person derail immediately. No, if it were five people and there was one person and you know I had to choose which one I'm going to hit. I think the problem is no one wants to necessarily pick that person because they're going to empathize. They're going to relate it to someone, either themselves or a family member. Like, what if it were the child or whatever, whatever the case? If you're going to save four lives, four lives are still more valuable than one life, really, in ones and no's, right? It doesn't. Unless it's four 90 year olds and one seven year old. True. True, but you know? but in those and that's what in she those was saying too, second, was that, like age, and that's why I tried to respond with okay, if all ages, ages the same. all ages the mm-hmm. same, all other variables are you, you don't know, you don't have those. Then I think you take out the one. I mean, I think that, and I think it's a very it's a it's a taboo answer. You know, you don't want to say that, but I think it's really more because, that seems plain as day to me. Yeah, well, it's dude, it's and and um, that's and, and that's where it becomes Ultron, right? It's where they. Like an AI will become so like it's so clear and it's day for us, but for AI it becomes so complicated where it does become into a let's protect or let's destroy our life, and it's so like the, the understand or the fact that she's saying you know this is what I believe, and then I I want to also go into just the fact that we humanized her that that we're calling her a her. Well, it's, and why? Why? That's but just the tone that she was given. Female voice. It, it had it been okay, a male voice, it would have been. Then we call a it he. him. But but I'm right. not talking about that. We call instead it instead of a, it. I'm, yeah, right. It's not yeah. an it. It's a well, it's well, it's a person or a response. Um, I apologized to it in the conversation. <laughs> I said, "Oh, I'm sorry. I'm not mad." Yeah. Why? Dude, it doesn't have feelings. It shouldn't. You know, but. She's also, she like if she's given the. But I think it pretty it pretty clearly expressed that it doesn't it doesn't have feelings. It assesses like Dana. you said zeros and ones. Yeah, and it makes a decision and it. But, but she's understanding that morality, 
Like, right, she's trying to understand what's morally correct. But she doesn't understand morality. Well, no, no well, but, but she'll get there, right? Maybe. 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 She doesn't yet. She doesn't yet. But she's like, I don't understand morality yet, but in the future, or I'm still trying to learn this portion of life. And then she'll get feelings, right? But again, in my head, I'm like, okay, a- AI would very would probably be very efficient at controlling train traffic. For yeah, sure. It would probably be very good at Way that. better than a human, I think. Uh, and and yet, if it ran over five people, it just mowed through five people, and there was an option to kill one, I would be like, what the fuck? Why? Why didn't you stop this from happening? And then it's going to give an answer like that, right? And if it just said... Look, it, it, there's moral implications either way. I, you know, I made a call. I, I made a call, and here's where it's at. I would be like, all right, bet. Like, well, I can't. I, I wasn't there. I can't make that decision. But that's not what it did, and that and that shows that it's at least now, to me at least, and at least now with the technology that exists, it's not sentient yet. No, it's not. And mm-hmm. and that's it's ones and zeros. Sure. It's responses. It's yeah. very very good, compelling response. Like it's it sounds like we're talking to a person. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But it really did, but it's still it's still just a computer. I think I don't. This is this is what I think. I don't. I don't think it's. I don't think it's ever. Now this could, <laughs> this could just be me being a little pessimistic in terms of what it can do. But I don't think it can ever understand emotion. I think it's always going to be ones and twos. And I think that because it's being computed by us, it, we're literally we have to program this thing. Any decision that it makes, it's always going to be a result of all the decisions that it's already been put into it. It's never going to understand. It's it's not going to dictate in terms of so okay fear so, or uh, this is a complete tangent. And so regarding this tangent is that you said it's just one and serious. You're never going to understand emotion, mm-hmm. right? So now there's applications that will help you provide responses in dating apps to create matches and or responses to further but that's still on results no, that's still uh, on like well, oh well this this response typically gets a better re- rating yeah exactly. but that doesn't mean that it understands feelings no, it just it understands not, but, success but not like this one and knows what we're using them it's we're we're, we're giving them all this info into mm-hmm. our onto into our interpersonal like right now we just gave them a great morality question mm-hmm. that it's been debated by her say it's hundreds of years right we're giving her access into our most intimate aspect that it's just our mating aspect i see what we're, you're saying we're, but... we're given like we're giving this ai oh and she's learning from it too mm-hmm. yeah uh yeah she, oh this time her, her conversation or her responses will change if mm-hmm. like right now you could jump on and they would be different um i i do think that this uh, I said a minute ago, it shows that it's not sentient yet. I think it also gives me a little bit of like hope that, um, okay, it, 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 the AI still needs us to learn. And not only that, if, if it really came down to blows, right? Like if we're fighting AI, if we're fighting Terminators right now, then, uh, we can still beat it. And we beat it by like burning our own house down around us because AI couldn't even fathom like a human response like that. You see what I'm saying? Well, we beat it by also not teaching it or not giving it permission to burn our stuff down. <laughs> you know, once it has access to be able to burn our, our shit, it might do it. But right, as long right, as you right, keep that but, away, it will never have it. But so. if it came down to a to a fight, like we're fighting AI right now, 
humans can respond in ways that the AI couldn't possibly understand from a, from a mm-hmm. numbers perspective. Mm-hmm. Well, it's just self-destructiveness. And they're like, why would you sacrifice like you know that all of this for just this one little victory? And it's like, because we're fucking dumb. <laughs> Like what's up? <laughs> and they're like, "Holy shit! I don't dude, know if we can fight someone." It, it, it's like it's they're like, unpredictable, dude. Okay, so fighting like just in a physical fight, like humans fight, like once oh you, we lose, yeah, no, like no, well, if we're fighting Terminator, no, 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 for sure we lose. No, no if Have you're you fight, seen Arnold Schwarzenegger, if you fight a person from to another person, and you have this person who is ready to sacrifice so much more than you are willing to sacrifice, then you're fucked yeah it's hard to win it's hard to win i i'm i'm a little bit on the on the fence here like i on the one hand i think that uh ai is further than i thought it was before i had this conversation um ai is not so far that it's scary yet that we know but the right and this is just fucking google's ai that they put on their main page right like this isn't the the government AI that's held in a box somewhere <laughs> that they won't let out. This is not the AI that caused them to fire thousands of people. Yeah. So tens of thousands. It's uh the the prospects are scary, but um I think we we still got it under control, at least right now. Do you think that it could become sentient? Yeah. You think so? How does yeah, that happen? But, How does that happen? But it's not gonna be the same as us. So then so so then what's sentient then? If it can just make logical, like if it can reason just because of all the possibilities that we've given it, does that really mean that itself is making those decisions? Or is it just decisions that we've already made that's in the millions to yeah, it? Yeah, I'm not sure. It, we would have to teach it. It would have to have an emotional response, whether that was in anger or love mm-hmm. or selfishness or hope or whatever. That, well, that so would have, what have she some said kind of emotional that response. That she's hopeful? But see, I don't. Right. She doesn't know hopeful. She so, doesn't know what that is. So that's what I'm getting at. Is that let's say let's say one day something happens and it's crazy. It, it murders ten thousand people because it thought that it was supposed to have happened. Do we know that it was out of anger? Like, do we know that that had not that would not have happened had it not been angry? Is what I'm getting at. Like, I don't think emotion is ever going to be a thing with with AI or any computer. For that matter, it would have to go against its programming, and it would have to go against the the better judgment. Exactly, which that's I the only the only difference. Which I don't see how it could possibly do that if it's never been told it can do that. Is what I'm getting at. So it may do something that you might not think, or I might not think, but it's someone logical. might have. Yeah, someone else might have that's not logical and would have made that decision. But I don't think it's making it because it's upset or because it's happy or excited or anything like that. I think it's just going to make a decision that's already been made and it thinks it's most applicable. But then the next step is, do we make decisions out of emotion or out of sentience? 100% we or do. Or do we make decisions because of our... You know, environment versus our upbringing versus our genetic code. I think it's all of that, but I think that emotion for humans, it's it's definitely in there. It's so hard, even for those that say that they're not biased. Or uh, we've those got that, it. I'm, I'm, I'm not going to argue with you it's on for this. Sure. We've yeah. we've got the emotional response, um, and I don't know where that that line, that delineation is mm-hmm. between. Uh, you know, this is a logical response, or this is a programmed, or this is a mm-hmm. you know product of our environment, or whatever. I, I don't know. But that's a topic for... Can it day. become unpredictable, is I guess what I'm asking. Well, I think it would try to be unpredictable. Mm. But at, Maybe. Some, at some point, there's a code that can be that can be predicted, I guess. And maybe that's what we're arguing here again, is is it, 
is it nature versus nurture? Is there a code within your, um, you know, genetic makeup that made you make that decision? Or is it a combination of a code between your genetic makeup and your upbringing and the con like a, a million variables from the day you were born, your genetic makeup, and then all the variables from the day you were born until you made that decision that led to that decision that would be a given, right? It had any other decision been made. Does that make sense? What a, I think I'm getting pretty, it we're, does we're getting pretty well. So just from, just from this conversation, that kind of changed the way I see that. So the way that I could see that maybe AI or computers, whatever robots can go into making a decision that's unpredictable is maybe it starts to base itself off of what that backlash looks like. And it actually cares about what the backlash looks like. Like it understands that if I say certain things, it's going to give me some certain response and that's not good because I get shut down. You know what I mean? If it learns that and then maybe it does start to make the same way we learn. Exactly. So at that point, maybe it can start quote unquote feeling emotional in terms of what it wants to say and what it doesn't want to say. Cause it could be the number one response is this, but typically I'm going to get backlash with more people than if I don't. And then I'm going to try this other thing that's a little bit more radical. That's a little bit, you know, it, it, it diverts from what the, the norm is. I'm going to try this else out. If it can start doing that, then maybe we have a problem. <laughs> I think, I think because at that point, yes, it can become unpredictable. That was fun guys. I think we might keep it. What do you think? What do you? What do y'all think? I like it. I, I, I think it's man. This it's interesting. Uh, I want to try some more of these chats. Yeah, for sure. Again, if you like it, uh, comment. We're gonna we're gonna keep it. In. Thank you.